G'day trendsetters, welcome to episode 719 of the Trends Move podcast. My name is Tim Egg, and if you have a question for the show, jump on through to the website trainsmooth.com or send me through an email, Tim at trainsmooth.com. Now, one thing I'll try and um, get into the habit of is probably mentioning the books I read. And, and it's purely because that I get um, a few people sending me text messages, emails, um, tagging me on, on fo- um, social media posts and stuff like that on books that I've talked about on the pod. And you, they've, they've gone, oh, okay, I'll check it out. And they have checked it out and they've tagged me in on it. I thought, oh, how cool is that? And so uh, I've, I've, one thing I do like doing is reading, um, which you, you'd probably set up a pretty damn good argument that when I read questions out, I kind of suck. And it's, it's not, and I'm very aware of it, which probably makes it sound even worse. But in my head, when I'm reading, reading a book, um, it's it flows quite nicely but as soon as i start reading out loud even if i'm the only person in the room without a microphone as soon as i start reading because if there's something important i think right i'm going to reread that um little bit again i'll even read it out loud it sucks bad i i um and ah and jibber and bloody stutter and oh it's horrible but but anyway um but i I read I've gone through a few books lately, but um, but I recently did um, that Good to Great, which was on my wish list for Yonks. But that that was okay, and you can it was good, solid. Um, but the book I was going to mention is um, from Cameron Haynes for um, Endure, and uh, it was Miss uh, I. It was it was it was a good book, really good book. Um, but I went into it with um, the mindset. Uh, that it was going to be a different type of book which would be more accurate and so for the first two thirds of the book I'm just reading it thinking uh, it's okay uh, and then in that last one third I, I finally got got it I had to change my whole complete mindset it was my own fault I, I went in there with expectations that it was something that it wasn't and in that first chapter yeah, um, he talks about you know because he's a, a world famous bow hunter, who's who, who is in very loose terms is a different version of um, David Goggins, so so to speak. He's just a savage, and I kind of went into the book thinking this is I'm just going to read story after story after story of him just being a savage, just savage, and so um, and it kind of wasn't really that at all, and. So what I'm going to do is I've started reading another book today, but once I finish that, I'm going to go back and reread it because I went into it completely with the wrong mindset with it. But the guy, just to give um, a quick summary, if just in case you don't know who he is, he's he's he, he's does bow hunting. His class is one of the best in the world at it, going into the wild. But he he's training he lifts every day he runs every day and we're not talking about going out for a 10k run every day he goes out for a marathon most days just constant wakes up wakes up at four in the morning so he can leave at four in the morning because that means he can suffer a little bit more and um many nights he couldn't go to 
sleep because he could he needs to get all this stuff he, he in. He's getting his running in. And so even when he was, you know, got COVID really sick, a minimum is 16-mile run of a day. He, it, it's... It's not negotiable. That's what he does. It's funny because it got me thinking during reading. He goes, I've got to suffer every day. And he talks about suffering and stuff. And I think, I don't suffer. It may, I, I've used the word, and but it made me kind of think a little bit deeper about suffering. And I, I don't suffer. Every now and again, I'm going to be in a bit of a suffer mode. It's generally, generally when I'm you know training with someone and i'm trying to keep up at their pace doing their thing but 98 percent of the time um i just follow my follow my training program it's all set for efforts you know zones whatever you want to just refer to it as um and i it's no i'm not going from the lounge doing nothing straight into a marathon it's it's everything's all gradually built and obviously got me thinking we walk around, you know, I've got to suffer. Yeah, suffer. I can suffer like no one. But I don't, I don't know. Maybe my definition of suffering is really different than most other people's. But I, I, even when I'm doing a hard training session or a hard race, I know, I know what it's going to be before I go into this session. And... I expect that, so it's not suffering to me. It, it's exactly it's doing exactly what it's meant to be doing, and it doesn't need to be fun. It's, you know, it's just just got to be what what what's got to work. And so, yeah, it, even with sessions that, um, like a couple of weeks ago, I, I was doing a two two hour twenty minute run, an hour into it, it felt like about a twenty. You know, like I'm twenty k's into a an Ironman into the Ironman marathon and I'm thinking you you know this sucks for starters and then I thought well you little ripper I, I get to you know have that feeling of what I'm going to experience during an Ironman it never felt like I, I never felt like I was suffering so it, it's funny maybe maybe we're, maybe the, the words been watered down too much but anyway I I you know I digress but uh, but I did start a new book today talking about David Goggins. I've start, I started reading his second book, and I've got got to say I've forgotten completely how entertaining this man is. And, and again, what a savage! Um, it's a good. It's so far, it's a great read. It it's magnificent. It's um. Because uh, I I don't really follow. I don't think I follow him on social media or anything. So. I know who he is. I've, I've read his first book. I've watched, you know, the odd video and stuff on him. I've listened to podcasts for, of, with Joe Rogan and him. And I read um, years ago that Living with a Seal, which still classed as the best book I've ever read. And, and um, you don't know it while reading that book of um, Living with a Seal, but that. Um, the Navy SEAL person is actually David Goggins. He was part of. He was still in the the Navy SEALs at the time, and so you don't know that while reading the book. And it's by far the greatest book I've ever read. Nothing's ever come close to it. And um, but I but I'd forgotten how. And and, and when I'm reading David Goggins' book, he writes how he talks, 
which which is the kind of the best kind of reading I I enjoy. I I don't like those books where they get they they write you know they try and paint the picture with their words like you'd expect, but they go into so much detail. And you think no one talks like this. Anyway, that's just me. Anyway, today's question comes from Mike, and Mike has sent in a few good questions over the last couple of months, and you too could be super awesome like Mike by sending in your training, racing, nutrition questions through to two, Tim at trainsmove.com. So, Mike writes, I was listening to a recent podcast of yours and you mentioned you'd be really you'd be really dialing in your son's gear prior to a race. Or words to that effect. Wondering if you could cover what you mean as a podcast question. Is it to avoid the chain dropping or is it more than that? Good question. And sometimes um, I get, because I, you know, I veer off into many different topics and um, talk so much crap generally. It's, I, I do get, people sending in questions asking you know what did you mean by such and such and i'll always answer the questions back um so that that alone if for any reason i gibber about something and you would need guys have a question you know what do you what did you mean by that or you know add a little bit more info on that even if it's not a podcast question send me an email tim at trainsmith.com and i will always write back what i meant um, and because it, sometimes I can, um, what's the wording I'm looking for? Um, contradict myself sometimes because I can answer, I can give an answer to a, a particular person about something, and then give a completely different answer about the same sort of topic on another athlete. And it's just me thinking that's best for that particular athlete that's sending the question. And quite often. I don't really read that much of the question before I jump in the microphone. Sometimes I don't even read the question. I say, all right, that's a question for the podcast. And, and I just put it in my little folder uh, you know, on my emails and I'll open it and I'm talking as, you know, reading out live for the first time. So, and that has its own downfalls as well because I can be um, 10 minutes after, you know, the show. I'm thinking, oh man, I should have covered this. I should have done this. Or, I could have, did, we could have been doing this. And quite often in those cases, I'll actually email the athlete back saying, oh yeah, I forgot to mention blah 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 blah. Anyway, but what I meant for that is, I, it, there, there's little bits of standards of dialing the dialing the bike in for a race day. Um, sometimes, if it's a big race, I'll almost just about pull that bike fully apart and put it back together again with the goal to make that bike as clean as humanly possible um, and as efficient as humanly possible even for a small race I will clean it um, pretty damn good and make sure the gears are all right and 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 stuff but I'll go through a few little things the first thing is that chain the amount of races I go to and I look at I, I I look at everyone's bikes around. I start there, and not many people have spotless chains and everything that chain touches. So they're losing time on the race course. It, it, it's um oh I forget the website friction something friction zero friction I think the website's called. They've done studies on this stuff, and but you can bleed like ten watts. Uh, 
for for an unclean chain, an unspotless chain. So if, most people would just grab some, you know, a can of um, degrees or whatever, or some chain clean. They'll put it on They're, without taking their chain off. And then if you run your fingers after cleaning your bike, after cleaning your chain, up that chain, and if you've got any, any, any blackness on your fingers, that's going to cost you on race day. And it's it, it's got to be taken out. So what you want to do is take your chain completely off. And so if if you haven't got a quick release on your chain, you'd want to get one put on. It's make, it is pretty easy on taking your chain on or off. Um, and there's tons of YouTube videos on how to do this step by step and don't be afraid of doing it as well um, take your chain off stick it in an old shaker or, or an old Gatorade bottle or a drink bottle pour a couple of inches of degreaser into it me I use kerosene so stick some caro in there and shake that bad boy for about 30 seconds now if you haven't done this for a long time you may need to do it twice if you you do it semi-regularly sure by doing exactly what I'm saying um, you probably only need to do it once you give this thing the biggest shake for about 30 seconds you take it out you give it a good clean off again um, that chain is pretty well spotless it's not that much work to be involved in giving that a good solid clean that way you put the chain you dry it, off, dry it off as much as you can everything that chain touches or potentially touches needs to be of the same level of cleanliness so you need to have that thing spotless because these are these are free watts you, it's it's crazy but the difference between an, a bike that looks clean and a bike that is spotless could easily be 20 watts and, and it sounds like i've just plucked a number out of my head and in some ways i have but it's um but i really don't think i'm exaggerating with this um just spotless so and then once you do that you want to use a high quality lubricant um or waxed or waxy chain um, but we'll talk about wax another time. But so let's say you get a high quality lubricant. Me personally, I use the products from Silka. Again, you can get it from the Silka website or from Zero Friction. So, um, I buy it from Zero Friction because of the Australian dollar and, and transport. But um, it's very, very high quality lubricant that they use in F1 uh, motors. So it's extremely you know some of the the best lubricant you can get and you just put a little dab on every single link um it takes a while to do and then you just just let it sit there for a moment and then you want to give it a little bit of a massage with your fingers rub it all the way around and then you want to get a nice clean rag and then wipe that bad boy off um solidly off and then you're doing this the day before a race and then come race morning you want to give it another wipe again with the with your um, white with your clean rag as well. Um, spraying the bike with um, furniture polish for okay events, giving that a good just to give it a good clean and make it a little bit slippery for the wind. I use if big races, I'll use actual car polish and I'll polish that bad boy up nicely. I'll dial in the um, the gears, make sure they're spick and span. Anything that can go wrong, you know, can potentially go wrong. So I try and limit the risks of everything. For, I'll, I'll check the tyres thoroughly. If it's a big race, I will want, even if those tyres look beautiful, I will 100% put brand spanking new tyres on the day before the race just to make sure 
they're brand new and uh, there's no issues there you know we're, we're, we're you know you're talking a half Ironman there's $600 gone you're talking about a full Ironman there's $1,200 just for race entry so you don't want to be you know risking any of this crap so I, I, I polish each spoke with um, furniture polish um, I just make sure everything is super super clean and everything um, is is running well like the little springs within your gears I spray them um, well the little springs within your derailleur I spray them with a little bit of WD-40 and wipe it straight away with a clean rag because I don't want that crap to get onto the chain I don't want that crap to get onto the frame or anything so I just I'm just making sure everything is all lubed properly all tuned really well don't take your bike to a bike shop and expect them to clean your chain um, clean your bike I had a I was coaching a local athlete and um she she got she brought the bike around for me to pack pack into pack her bike into you know a box ready to transport for um a race she was going to and i said uh can i clean your bike first Uh, clean your chain because that's horrible and she goes i already got it serviced and i go yeah they probably serviced it but they didn't clean it and so it took me you know the best part of 30 40 minutes to make this bike completely spotless but but we were happy. She she was shocked by the um, filth I was able to get off that chain. It was, but then once it's all clean, you can run even lube to, straight away. You can run your fingers all the way up there and not get a single skerrick of dirt on your fingers. And that's kind of what you're trying to achieve, um, even even on local races. And then so you get to um, regular bike bike cleanliness. It just you know let's say you wash clean your clean and wash your bike once a week um and if you tra- and if you're training regularly you probably should wash it once a week especially if you ju- it's only indoors cuz you're constantly sweating everywhere and that's i've seen many handlebars get destroyed because they've um been sweated all over over a year and they're just not getting washed regularly bar tape needs to be replaced regularly as well like once a year replace that bar tape and don't get don't if it's just a, a crummy, you know, a training bike, you can use cheap El Cheapo bar tape. If you're racing on this bike, get good quality handlebar tape that's proven to be aero, you know, more aero benefit and vibration proof. Uh, or or vib- vib- the vibration resistance is a lot better. Um, so there's there's good products again. Silk is really good at that, and also um, Zip's got some good stuff there too. Um, but just make sure everything's all beautiful and dialed in, and limiting the risk of crap going wrong. So that that's kind of what I meant from that. Anyway, I think I've talked enough, haven't I? There's you're because you've got to understand when I first started cycling for years after getting into cycling, like a decade into cycling, I never did anything of this myself, and it was really only, really, really only when in the last I think I've been living at my current house for four years, and I had a I built a little um, bike workshop in the back shed, and it's YouTube. It's I'm learn and I'm sick of I was got really sick of going to the bike shop. They'd fix the gears and then I'd have you know go for a ride and a few rides later they're not that well again. They'd, they'd 
spend two seconds fixing it and 20 bucks later and so i started learning all this myself and it's all just been youtube stuff i there's obviously stuff i don't do myself if i'm not comfortable with something i'll take it into the bike shop to to get them to sort it out but for the most part i do 80 percent, 90 percent of the bike work myself now um for my son and myself and 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 the odd person that i i in my local area I, f- I do as well but anyway if you guys have any other questions training racing nutrition it's all good i love them all as many as you like send them on through to tim at trainsmove.com until next episode here